was just starting to come down off the adrenaline high after witnessing the birth of our daughter. I'd made countless trips down from the ward to the NICU to drop off little vials of colostrum and to check up on our little lady. Everything still felt like a blur and I was still struggling to come to terms with what had happened. I was just so confused. G'day and welcome to the Dads of the NICU podcast. My name is Matt Bilkowski and I'm a proud father of a premature baby born at 25 weeks at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. Our daughter was 766 grams or 1 pound 11 ounces at birth. Our superstar girl spent 84 days in the NICU and 14 days in special care before being discharged home on oxygen. I started this podcast as I wanted to share my experiences with other dads, the aim of which is to allow them to hear what other dads went through and to find a connection to our stories so that they know that they are not alone and what they're feeling and going through is normal. I hope it helps you on your journey. The first few days for any preemie baby or sick child in the NICU are critical. There are so many little things that need to fall into place to maintain their highest chance of survival and success with treatments. Seeing Lara every day was hard. She was just so small. She was purple all over due to the bruising from the delivery. And she was so translucent that you could see all of her vein. Her heart was just jumping out of her chest. As there were so many risk factors in the first few days and weeks, we had to keep our touching of our little daughter to the absolute minimum. Her skin was so fragile that you couldn't rub her. All you could do was hold her finger out and let her grab on. And when she finally did, it felt amazing. She was so sticky due to all the humidity in the crib and she looked like she was just constantly sweating, but that was by design to help her skin develop. The main part that I struggled with over the first couple of days was that I just didn't feel a connection with her at all. Every time I saw her, it just felt so surreal, and I didn't feel like that she was mine. I didn't acknowledge that she was my daughter. It felt like such a foreign experience that I could not relate to the situation. And for nearly the first two months, actually, I just I didn't feel like I was visiting my daughter. I felt like I was just visiting a mate in hospital to check up on them. This weighed on me pretty hard for quite a while. I just couldn't get my head around everything that was going on. So there was so much to know and learn. The more time you spend in there, the more time you get to learn, the more you see and the more you get to appreciate the unbelievable work that the doctors and consultants and nurses do in the NICU. The staff at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital make you feel so comfortable and safe and they're always happy to tell you as much as you want to know. As I personally thrive on information and knowing what's going on, it was actually so helpful to have so many conversations with the staff in the NICU to slowly immerse myself into NICU life. There were so many elements to what was going on that I needed to just slowly chip away at understanding all of the numbers, the alarms, the sensors, the medication and all the tests. But the more I knew, the more at ease I actually felt to a certain degree. There were some pretty big milestones that occur on the baby's first few days, including the first scans on the brain, first scans on the heart, and the first scans on the lungs. These three tests provide an insight into the health of your bub for the first few days, and depending on the outcome of them, can actually shape your NICU journey. You'll feel like you're on the knife's edge, waiting for the results to come in. But one thing that you need to remember is that you cannot control anything, and ultimately, what will be will be. It all comes down to how you process the information that you receive and how you can emotionally react to it. So don't be afraid to let your emotions out. It can can be really therapeutic. 
so many times I was sat there cribside just bawling my ass out for the first few days, sometimes in private and a lot of time next to my daughter. You should never feel like that you can't let your emotions out. This is your child. This is your future. Being emotional is a natural reaction. Fortunately for us, Lara had all of her first three tests done and they were all clear, but she still had to go through them again on day 10, so we weren't out of the woods. When I look back at how I was feeling emotionally and mentally over the first week, I think the best way to describe it was I just felt numb, absolutely numb. At the time, I didn't know how to feel or what to do or how to react, but I know that I was sad. I was scared and really confused, but I just felt numb about the whole thing. I felt like I was just walking around like a zombie. As Lara was so small at birth, our consultant wanted to get a central line in, which would provide additional nutrients that would aid Lara's growth. Unfortunately, the first two attempts that were made couldn't quite get a line in, as the veins are just so small. They're literally the thickness of a hair. So I certainly appreciate how hard it must have been to attempt it for the nurses and doctors. As this central line was unsuccessful, we were now solely reliant on Jess's breast milk to help plump up our little lady. This was a pretty interesting experience for the two of us. Uh, Jess had a really large amount of milk coming initially, which provided a really good supply for Lara straight off. Luckily, Lara was only on about one mil of milk every two hours, so Jess had a bit of buffer until her socks were going to run out. And Lara caught us by about day three or day four. And I remember sitting up in the ward with Jess, desperately trying to pry every single drop uh, through a syringe off the nipples of the colostrum, knowing that every single drop would just pay dividends for Lara in the first week. Three days post-delivery, Jess got what her friends warned me about, the day three cries. She was so overwhelmed with the emotions and hormones and the chemicals flooding her body that she would just cry at the simplest thing. Like the fact that one day I'd had a coffee on the way into the hospital, but she hadn't had one yet. And when I asked her if she'd like one, she burst into tears saying, yes, please. And at the end of the day, all I could do was just be there and comfort her. By lunchtime that same day, Jess was now just laughing at herself in hysterics about the amount of time she was crying. And because she was laughing at her crying, that made her cry again. It was a bit of an emotional roller coaster for her on that day. I felt that the first few days for parents in the NICU are critical also. Depending on the way that you react to what's going on and how you process all the information that you can get, this is going to shape the next few weeks for you. One of the most important aspects of the NICU journey is to keep communicating with your partner. What really worked well for Jess and I was that we'd share our experiences and stories from the day and to talk about what we were both going through and what we were feeling. We always checked in with one another as much as we could on our emotional and mental health and this was a massive benefit to both of us. We knew that we couldn't solve any of the issues that we had, but it was always helpful to lower our stress levels when we could openly and authentically talk to each other about what we were feeling. I actually felt pretty stupid sometimes saying how bad I'm feeling when I wasn't one that went through this horrific traumatic experience physically, but it was just a mental game for me and it really scarred me more that I was helpless in this whole situation. It was critical that we looked after each other as if one of us got sick or was really battling with it all, it would actually add more pressure on the other one as the situation would unfold. When you're a visitor into the NICU, you can have no form of cold or flu or sniffle or cough or illness or anything. Or if you're bringing friends and family and parents in, you have to make sure they don't have anything either. The risk of passing things on to your baby and the other babies around you are so high and the impacts can be severe. If you don't look after yourself mentally and physically, a lot more people could suffer, not just you. 
going back to what I was talking about in one of the previous episodes, home alone. Your health is so important to you on this journey because if you get sick, you won't be able to see your baby and this will add to your anxiety and your mental stress and make everything just that extra little bit harder for everyone. So the first few days will be pretty tough to navigate. You'll feel like a deer in headlights the whole time, but that's completely natural because what you're going through is very unnatural. Don't worry if you feel like you're walking around on eggshells. You won't be alone. My biggest piece of advice to pass on for the first few days is to try and connect with other dads in the NICU. Someone that's been there for a couple of days before or a couple of weeks more, just start chatting with them. Don't be offended if they don't want to talk to you because everyone deals with things in their own way. If you don't feel like chatting to another dad, maybe use the nurses or doctors. Chat to them. Talking is really therapeutic and cathartic. And trust me, you'll feel much better when you're able to get it off your chest and out of your head. So I hope you can navigate the first few days in the NICU the best way that you can, as ultimately only you will know how to react to your situation that you find yourself in. So do what feels natural and right to you at the time. There's not much you can do for your baby. So focus all of your care and attention on yourself and your partner as they need the support more now than ever. Well, that's it for today, guys, and I hope you got something out of that episode. As always, please seek professional advice and help if you feel that you need it. I'm certainly not the answer. I'm just a means of helping out a little bit on your journey. If you like these episodes, please subscribe to Dads of the NICU to get all of the new episodes as soon as they're launched. And if you're keen for more content or looking for more resources, please follow our Instagram and Facebook accounts, both called Dads of the NICU. And if you have any questions or you'd like to share your insights or stories, please feel free to contact us by email on dadsofthenicu at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and don't forget to wash your hands.